Meditate with Samara. The intention of this podcast is to share inspiring stories, perspectives on how we can improve our quality of life and how we can improve our well-being. And today's topic, I think, is so important, not often discussed, but still very, very crucial. And that's why I love to talk about this with our special guest today. And our topic is the importance of educating with diverse environments and how to educate mindfully. And I'm so excited to introduce to you the guest today because she is my newly found big sister. And the guest today is Tracy Yani Harjatanaya. She is passionate about everything related to educational issues, ranging from pedagogical practices, school management, leaderships in schools, and quality assessment to teacher trainings. Tracy's current roles right now is as a DPhil or Doctor of Philosophy in Education, specifically Multicultural Education in Oxford University. She is also the Board of Director of Sultan Iskandar Muda Educational Foundation and Cahaya Inspirasi Sofiantan Foundation. And she is also the Head of Community Development at Aikum Health LTD. Now, Tracy has also worked in consultancy basis in the fields of multicultural education, education for development, environmental education, and health education. Tracy also has a deep interest in research, especially in the fields of education, politics, ethnic relations, and society. Most of Tracy's work is related to developing educational strategies and practices that can nurture humanitarian and diversity values. Her work is mostly about and on Indonesia and the region of Asia, but she is based in England. So, so exciting to invite Tracy in the podcast here today. Welcoming to Meditate with Samara. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Samara. It's an honor, honestly. I've been your vivid, uh, your solid uh, support and follower. Because of you, I actually downloaded Spotify, right? And because of you, for the first time, I actually listened to the podcast. So I fell in love with you before even you, uh, I met you. So it's, it's, it's really great to be in here. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. <laughs> you have chosen to, you know, listen to Spotify and also the podcast. And it's so, so exciting to have you on here and discuss this such important topic. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yes. yeah. Can you tell me a little bit maybe about yourself more than the things that I have said? Probably you can show anything that mm. we would like to get to know you a bit better. Yeah. Okay. So I think everyone is similar. I think we, we shouldn't be only defined by our careers, right? Or our educational achievement. And um, this question I've never heard before. And so thank you very much for asking that because it highlights the, the importance of looking at identity um, at different angles, uh, which, is, um, which is key when we're talking about diversity, the issue of diversity. So if you are looking at, uh, if I'm looking at my own experience, I am a daughter. Uh, I'm actually the, the oldest in my family with my three other siblings. Um, I'm also a wife of a doctor. So, um, but uh, most importantly, I think apart from when, when people ask me, so who are you? What are you doing? I would say that I'm an educator and lifelong learner. So, I uh, because for me, those two roles are intertwined and interrelated. You can't be a good educator if you, if you feel like there's nothing else you want to learn. 
So I think when you, you when you feel like you want to stop learning, I think you stop being an educator. Um, I use the word educator, not a teacher, because um, I feel like education is so much more than schooling. Uh, it's so much more than formal education. So like this platform, for example, for me, is an educational platform because you, you, you learn about so many different things that you may or may not have learned in school. So I think this, this is actually good. But I think people who are, uh, uh, who are around me, uh, they know me as someone who loves to cook. So I'm, I'm quite passionate uh, about cooking as well. And um, in the past, I actually had a cooking blog and I used that as a platform for me to talk about diversity and feminism. Unfortunately, because of my, when I started my doctoral, I didn't have time anymore. So I had to shut it down. Um, hopefully one day I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start again, um, continue uh, that conversation. But yes, so yeah, I think that's, that's basically me. I'm an educator, I'm a daughter, a wife, and also someone who loves to cook, so home cook. <laughs> Thank you. It does really help me get to know you better in a way that I believe that you are right. You know, we often say when you we ask, who are you? You say, okay, this is my current job role. But basically, we are an entire human being more than that. And we are so diverse. And diversity is such a topic that is important, but sometimes is conflicting. And especially in Indonesia, where we have a lot of different cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds. And I wonder in your experience, how do you see diversity? This is very interesting because for me personally, um, diversity is part of life, right? Uh, you, even within the same family, for example, me and my sister, yes, we come from the same ethnic background, we come from the same parents, but we are different, right? So diversity, you can stretch it into so many different dimensions. Um, as, a, as a word, of course, uh, the definition of diversity means differences. So where every, everything and everyone can be almost recognized and accepted um, as some, some, someone or something that is unique. Um, unfortunately, I think diversity often is often being politicized and it's driven um, by certain agenda and this has created something that is natural because diversity is natural, right? You, you know, you're, no one uh, is, is born with nothing completely similar, right? Everyone is unique on its, on its own. It's a reality that, has be, uh, that needs to be accepted, but, and it should be nurtured as well. So there, there needs to be a conscious, conscious effort to respond to diversity. Uh, simply because people have used it for, uh, to drive certain agenda, which can lead to conflict and you know, um, segregation and that kind of thing. Um, so for me, it's a very fully loaded word. It's a given, but it needs to be nurtured. Um, for me, it's beautiful. And yet, if it's not being nurtured, if it's not being embraced, if it's not being responded consciously, um, you know, look at around us, right? diversity has been used as an excuse to hate each other. So 
that's for me. Yeah. But you, you yeah. may have a different opinion. I don't know. Because um, I think I've, that's the beauty of talking about diversity. <laughs> there are diverse uh, <laughs> opinions about it. So, yeah. That's true. But I'd like to actually highlight what you said about diversity and responding consciously. And it has mm. to be nurtured for the potential to really grow. And why do I say that is important is because sometimes we are not educated to embrace differences. And what part in education should be you know, incorporated with understanding that different is okay? Because even in my own experience, I was in a high school, junior high and high school, six years Islamic school. It was very homogeneous. It's not very mm-hmm. diverse in a way. And uh, mm-hmm. and that has also shaped my experience. But then going out to university where I saw different socioeconomic influences and then abroad when I see different cultures, then I understand that diversity is so important. We can learn a lot. So mm-hmm. coming back to that, how can we nurture this you know, potential of diversity? Okay, um, so I'm gonna talk about it in um, from the perspective of someone who is uh, an educational practitioner. Okay, so someone who is uh, working with teachers and head teachers in a school setting. So I'm, I'm gonna use that as a starting point. Of course, um, as as we mentioned, uh, education needs to be so much more, right? Because um, uh, school. I always say that schools are microcosm of the society, which means that it is a, it's a part of society, it's a reflection of society. So if the society does not want to embrace diversity, right, whatever we, we do in, in schools cannot be as effective. But I'll, I'll try from, uh, from a, a more micro level first from, from schools. So I think many people experience um, the, they know about exp- uh, they, they know about diversity, but not necessarily understanding, embracing, accepting, recognizing, and fully implementing it in their daily life. Right? They know about it. They know about the concept. We learn about it in uh, citizenship education. Right? Uh, I recall we, we we even learn about like the legality behind why uh, why Indonesia is is not a, a, a religious country. Right, it's not uh, even though it's the the largest. Uh, it it is a uh, home to the largest uh, Muslim population in the world. Right, so that that becomes our 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 starting point. That's our philosophy. But in schools, when we have to respond it, we have to respond it as educators. How do we how do we implement it in 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 school setting? So for me, there are all dimension, this needs to be done holistically. So it's a whole school approach. It shouldn't be only in one um, subject. It shouldn't be only done in the curriculum or something that happens in school. But it needs to start from first, the policy of the school, right? The school policy, has it has it recognized, embraced and accommodated diversity, different visions of diversity, has it uh, ha- has it come up with a policy that uh, policy and programs where students can feel like they belong to the school, where they feel like they can express them themselves, where they feel like they are part of uh, of the community, the school community, right? 
because what happened uh, in uh, mixed schools, for example, or even uh, nearly homogeneous schools, right? Um, even though we won't, we don't want to talk about the 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 majority minority division or discourses, it happens, right? So the minority sometimes feel like they don't have a a, a safe space within the school, uh, which you know, it becomes their second home, right? They spend a long period of time in schools, but they don't feel they belong, right? So that's important. So the policy is important. Secondly, of course, the leaders, right? Do they have the vision? Do they have the aims to make uh, embracing diversity as a conscious effort? Or is it just a given, right? So it's a following up from the policy. Are you doing it, right, as a leader? Are you, make, uh, are you being a role model? And that uh, extends to the teachers as well, because they are um, they are at the fro uh, the forefront of, of of education, right? They they are the people who are working closely uh, and uh, continuously with these young people. They become the role model. Have they are they aware? Have they truly embraced it? Have they become a good role model? So in a school. Uh, we, we talk about the, the policy, we talk about the, the leaders, uh, and this uh, extends to not only the, the principals, but also the teachers as leaders in the classroom and so on. The next one would be, it's, it's about the, the school culture. Uh, some, some may argue this is the hidden curriculum. So it's not seen, but it's there, right? Have you created a culture in which diversity, embracing diversity is something that is accepted, right? Is it part of life, right? Is it, uh, is it something that consciously uh, being, being, uh, being nurtured in, in the school environment? So a simple example, right? The school may say that, oh, we don't, uh, we don't discriminate in terms of the access. But if you if we look around, maybe you know in certain corners of the school, uh, or in the I don't know the school posters, for example, they only put put up posters of a certain uh, religious group, for example. It's a, it's a, it's very hidden, right? It's implicit, but it's there, right? Or for example, in, in the school. Um, I'm gonna start because in Indonesia it's a religious nation. We, you know, religion is part uh, is very much embedded in the society, so we cannot escape that. But in, in many scenarios, in schools, for example, that that is mixed but nearly homogeneous. So we are saying maybe eighty percent or seventy percent of the students come from a certain religious background. Often, the culture of the majority becomes the dominant culture it's become the mainstream culture and it is reflected, for example, when we have the, the ceremony, right, the, the flag hoisting ceremony or even the school assembly, you start with some sort of prayer, right? But the prayer is, is only, uh, only, uh, only those who are considered as the dominant culture or the religious majority group is, uh, is given a space and time to uh, to do the prayer right or or to to at least in in a whole school setting and the minority are asked to just 
do it themselves in their heart accordingly. Right? It, it doesn't mean that they don't um, they don't allow the minority to come in. It, it's, it's beyond the issue of access. It's, it's more sort of, do you want to build a culture where everyone is equal or do you want to build a culture where one culture is more dominant? So that's what I mean by the hidden curriculum or the, the, the culture of the school needs to embrace the, those values of equality, diversity, as well as humanitarian, right? Uh, the next one, I would say that um, the student activism, right? So it, the student extracurricular, right? It's, it's outside of the, the classroom setting, but this is the part where students interact have they been a conscious effort um, made by the schools, by the teachers, to make sure that these values, like the humanity values, um, the equality values are being implemented as well. So that's what I'm saying by holistic whole school approach. It, it shouldn't be just done in one aspect of schooling, but all aspects of schooling, uh, including, for example, you know, the, the collaboration with the community outside communities, that is what I'm saying, the, the micro level. But of course, uh, as I mentioned before, this micro level cannot sustain and cannot work effectively if outside of this, uh, this goal, people are still, or the policy, the national policy, the wider policies, uh, the, the community, the society, the parents, right? The parents and everything else are still very much looking at, um, religion or diversity as something that is exclusive. It's quite long, but hopefully that uh, answers the question um, at least. It does, it does. And you know, when I'm <coughs> listening to you, at some moments I do reflect how my school experience has not been like that. It's far from ideal, especially from the diversity standpoint, especially when you said when the flag hoisting and then there's a majority people are praying in their own and everyone else you can pray in your own um, religion that's the exact word that they would say right and um, yeah. what I have I saw from from the video also you shared of your school is that students actually go in front of the room from all different religions and then say their prayers one by one and I I find that really incredible mm -hmm. that you know, there's just so much acceptance and a place to be safe. And I think that's mm -hmm. important because you also mentioned that the minorities should feel safe as well, one aspect of yeah. it. So I'm wondering if you can share maybe your experience with the school, mm -hmm. Sultan Iskandar Muda, so our friends can also know a little bit more about it. Yeah. Okay, so for... Uh, for people who uh, want to know a little bit more about uh, Sultan Iskandar Muda, uh, it's a foundation. It has, actually within it, we have five educational units. So we have um, the early childhood education, or we call kindergarten, and then we have the primary and then um, the lower secondary, uh, uh, general upper secondary and vocational upper secondary. So in, if it's in Indonesian, it's TK, SD, SMP, SMA, and SMK. So we have five different uh, units. So in, in within this foundation, we can say we have five different schools um, managed by the, the foundation. 
um, the, 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 the key vision of, of the school is being able to provide good quality education for everyone, regardless their backgrounds. Um, and this is being broken down into two objectives or two mission for us. The first one is to eradicate poverty because uh, a large proportion of our students actually come from uh, underprivileged backgrounds. Uh, it's come from uh, a bitter experience of the founder as well, who was uh, who came from a, a poor background who wanted to study. That's one, right? So we wanted to, to provide um, good education so that people can get out of poverty. Secondly, it's about promoting uh, diversity. So in this sense, there's a specific mission in there that uh, within the school setting, we want to consciously make this as one of our mission. So some of the programs that we've done, we've got uh, one of the longest running one is um, what we call the chain, the chain cross um, foster child program. So this is the part where we are tackling those two issues, the poverty and also hatred within groups, uh, between different groups. So uh, within this program, the, the parents, the foster parents who pay for the educational costs for the students, they, they need to come from, or they are encouraged to come from, uh, to choose students who come from different backgrounds from, from theirs. So when I'm saying about backgrounds here, we are talking about multiple aspects of diversity. So it could be ethnicity, it could be uh, religion, it could be, of course, it's socioeconomic backgrounds, right? Uh, the, the whole concept is that not only the, the students uh, can learn and, and go to schools, right, uh, who who previously could not go to schools, but also they can at least learn that not everyone, right, through the interactions, through these hopefully quality, more quality interactions, they can consciously and mindfully think that not everyone is, is like that, you know, not, not everyone identified to this group is like that. It's a part of breaking down the homogenization of uh, certain group cultures that you know, not everyone who belongs to that certain group or whatever happens to one person with this identity is not the fault of the whole group. So that's about the breaking uh, the stereotypes as well as helping them to go to schools. But another thing uh, which we do, um, which you, you have mentioned is about um, giving space, uh, giving time uh, and, and space for students, uh, regardless their backgrounds to be able to feel comfortable and to show their identity, right? Some people may say that, is it, isn't it better not to show the differences and just focus on the, the, the similarities? For me personally, we cannot, um, we cannot keep it forever because outside people are talking about differences. If you don't start engaging people, looking and talking and being comfortable, living it within a diverse uh, environment, they don't know how to act around, uh, around people outside, right? They don't know how to become the ambassadors of, of change. Because the reality is, it will be nice if you don't have to talk about it, it's going to be easier as well, right? Because when you are talking about identities, it's bound conversations. 
and many many have chosen to ignore that. So as as you mentioned, one of one of the manifestations of that is students are given yeah time and space to 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 uh, to do their prayers right to represent uh, their groups to do prayers in front of the classroom uh, before the the start of schools. Uh, but within the school, we also have a church, uh, a mosque, also a, a Hindu temple and a Buddhist temple as places of worship that are built side by side. And apart from accommodating the religious needs of uh, of the students and teachers, but it's uh, it's also to make the students and teachers and parents to see how people uh, how the rituals. The, the values or the rituals that they are doing do do not do any harm to them, and they would be more understanding of you know their friends. So one of the things that many people thought, right? Uh, we are talking about uh, the fact that Indonesia uh, has the largest Muslim community. So not many people have uh, have learned about different cultures, right, or different religious culture. I'm not talking about the 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 rituals of a certain group, but it's about the culture. Many might see that, you know, for Buddhists, Buddhists usually they have to burn the, the incense, right? And then there are certain uh, certain figures as well, like the, the Buddha and all of that. But to some people who didn't know about, about this uh, part of culture, they'll say, you know, uh, in Indonesia, we call it menyembah setan, right? So you are uh, worshiping devils because they don't know right they, they don't know about this but this happens and so building that side by side even though it's a symbol but it's also making sure that students you know can learn from each other through seeing not being told but through seeing that you know it's not harmful right and let's us give uh, each other space to practice our own beliefs and our religions right we are not forcing you to there's some people thought we are forcing people to change religions. That's not our, 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 uh, our aim there. But apart from that, something that may be a little bit different. But some I know some schools have done this as well. Uh, we have the the religiosity class or what we call class agama bersama. So having a religious class together. <laughs> Like that. So, so it's a more most of like interfaith uh, class, interfaith class in which uh, students, all students from from different religions, uh, are gathered together in one classroom. So, for those people who are not familiar with Indonesian religious education system, usually students would learn about their religious education with a teacher who is of that religion. Right, and so they will be separated to different classrooms. So uh, once every term, uh, we'll have these interfaith class in which all students with all different uh, religious education teachers are gathered together in one classroom and talk about one shared value. Okay, we are not saying who is better, but we are talking about one shared value. So bringing in again the similar uh, the similarity, so balance between. Yes, we recognize that dif those differences, but we want to show you as well that within these differences, we are actually, you know, similar in so many different ways. And so we'll take um, a topic like love, for example, right, uh, about compassion. 
and we, we talk about that from uh, different angles and students as well are allowed to ask or give uh, opinions about their experiences, their values about, about that from, from their own religion too. This kind of exercise we, we, we do as well so that eventually, hopefully our aim uh, is that students can feel like every religion does not teach about violence, you know, that's, that's the bottom point. It's not the, the problem with the religion. <laughs> Or it's not a problem of being a religious person, right? But it's a it's a problem to those people who use religion as a way to do violence, and that's that that cannot be forgiven. It's it's almost like using diversity as a reason to break up the community. It's a state. It's it's a state of fact. It's a reality. Why are you using that, right? And so. Um, that's a, a little bit uh, about the school apart from, you know, so many other things, but those are the key points. I really wish that I was in your school growing up. I think you're doing a great and important work with everyone in the foundation and the teachers and the students, the whole community. I think it's really important and I hope, you know, the students can become leaders of, of Indonesia and, you know, growing up with this mentality and mindset that we can be mindful within the diversity and yeah I think uh, uh, sorry Sam I, I just want to say that um, you know many people uh, when they are looking at the school they always say one thing of course you can do this because you have such a diverse community a diverse uh, student population so you can you know it's natural to you right yes it is natural to us right we never do we, we never set up this environment right but this does, does not mean that it cannot be, you know, uh, promoting diversity cannot be done in homogeneous settings. It's just a different way. I've, I've been to a, a couple of uh, religious-based uh, schools and they've done their parts within the limitations. If, you're, if your school, for example, I know that uh, uh, there are two um, religious-based uh, schools in Jakarta. So one is Catholic-based, another one is Islamic-based. Because they are homogenous, right? They work together. So the interfaith communication or the interfaith dialogue actually comes up uh, outside of, of, of the, the, the school. So because they know that they don't have that uh, community, it all starts with dialogue and wanting to consciously think, okay, what can we do, right? To make sure that these students grow up understanding, embracing, and wanting to mindfully uh, think of others uh, with kindness and with love and with compassion, right? Um, um, so that's that. And actually in our school, we initially we didn't have any students coming from the Hindu backgrounds. It, it's just gradually uh, becoming that. And, and that's why we had to add uh, Hindu temple was the last one that we add within the worship buildings complex. And if you look at the, the architecture as well, actually it's, it's different from the Hindu you found in Bali, the Hindu Balinese temple. It's more sort of um, the Hindu Indian kind of temple because the majority of students who are Hindus in, in North Sumatra and in our school particularly, they come from a specific ethnic background, which is Indian. And so the, the influence of this Indian or we call Tamil ethnic, ethnic culture is, uh, is, is being uh, manifested or incorporated within the building. So it's a journey, it's a journey. It's, it's, not, it's not an 
and definitely who knows maybe after this we have something else right um but i, I just i I'm, I'm sorry to to stop you there but i, I just thought that um this is just not to make people think that you know there's responsibility only lies to people who have heterogeneous contacts in schools and they just wash their hands and say we can't do it in a homogeneous context i've seen this right it's just whether you want to do it or not i'm actually glad that you stopped me and added this very important point because it also broadens our horizon that it doesn't always go like you can do it because you can or always putting the responsibility outside of ourselves and in that point because the listeners now who are listening maybe are not in the school age anymore i'd imagine they have graduated and what would you suggest are the things that they can do within their control to be mm. more <clears throat> open with diversity or work more with diversity because i've seen a tons of research even in working ages and also jobs they are actually looking for diversity in all kinds on genders in backgrounds sexuality everything on that point is arising and people are actually proud of it so what mm. can the listeners do to maybe be open because sometimes our beliefs are just really in the back of our head it's something that has been there since our early childhood of our family upbringings or our friendships or our schools but how can we be curious and be open how would you recommend that that's a very difficult question actually it's it's very very difficult and and i think you 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 have answered it yourself uh, the fact that you know part of answering is identifying the problems right identifying that yes to a certain extent some people are looking for diversity but some people still don't want to look for diversity they want to create they feel more comfortable being with within a community that is homogenous right if you ask me that question i would say that um start with something small don't think about something like too big maybe the next time when you meet someone in the street this is also not only about diversity it's about kindness and about you know um being a human right being a human particularly at at this very difficult times i think many people i know you you you've talked about this um in your other podcast uh, about how people are struggling because they feel so lonely right they might not be alone but they feel lonely right and so uh sometimes next time maybe when you see someone who is just you know you you think uh, looks quite different or you know they are looking for uh for something for you to help right this small act of kindness may change their perspective you don't know that okay i'm, I'm going to give you an example someone who doesn't know me i mean physically they look at me they question me right so where are you from even in indonesia you know samara I've I've had people asking coming up to me talking to me in Korean talking to me in Chinese uh talking to me in Japanese meaning when I say talking it's more sort of greeting right um not everyone is like flu- fluent Korean or something like that but um they then they they or they started the conversation uh using English because they thought I was foreign this this happened uh in 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 the schools where I did my um my research for my PhD bearing in mind this school is actually located in jakarta and jakarta is 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 very multicultural right jakarta people i i assume are used to looking at 
diverse cultures, <laughs> I would say. Um, so I was quite um, taken aback as well when, you know, some of the teachers say, where are you from? I said, uh, I'm from not Sumatra. And they say, not Sumatra, but you don't look like you are someone who is from not Sumatra. And I'm like, what do you mean? Your eyes are too small. Your skin is too fair. Uh, you are too Chinese to be coming from that province. I, I didn't take it to heart as in, oh, is this discrimination? No, I didn't, I didn't uh, look at it from that angle, but I, I approach it with like more positive thinking. Maybe she just never seen anyone right, in, in her life. There are people who've never really be in touch with people who, are, who come from different backgrounds throughout their lives. I, was, I, I went to Yogyakarta and some young people actually approached me and said, could I take a picture with you? Because they thought that I was coming from abroad. And I said, I'm talking to you in Indonesian. I'm Indonesian, you know. I don't take it to heart, but this is because there is no close communication. There's no dialogue. So the next time when you feel like, you know, you, you just, uh, you, you just uh, don't know, maybe open that conversation and just ask people, you know, just communicate and talk and who knows, they might change their perspective, but be kind and all this from two different angles. So for majority, right, for people who, who consider themselves as the majority, I think it's very important for you to, to open the communication because many minority might feel like they, 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 they are not accepted, right? They, they don't feel like they, they want to be included. And so I think uh, if you say, what can we do? Uh, what can we do? Maybe we can look at it from majority and minority. If you are in a position of majority, which can change depending on your context, right? Depending on your context, you can reach out first and say, do you need any help? You know, show that you are kind. At least you can change other people's perspective that not all people who come from this dominant group is like this, right? From that, you know, close communication, friendship will grow and then you will start understanding each other. For the minority, I would say never shy to just talk to people, build a constructive dialogue. If you, if you, if you, if you found that there, there are certain uh, things um, that you want to discuss. Another thing which I found is that majority who can protect minorities bring about a bigger change because if minority asks for specific things it's considered as privilege and treat, uh, special treatment right and it's it's much more difficult but if the majority say this is uh you, you can use this facility if you want uh, in order to pray you know they will feel like they are being accepted and hopefully they'll open their heart a little bit more so it needs to be what we call it needs uh, two people to tango, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Tango. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, there's so much prejudices uh, uh, around people. I, I I'm just lucky. I'm I'm privileged in the sense that I've grown up in a situation where I've talked about the issue of diversity since I was very young, and my parents always say to me that, you know, when you see people who are different from you, don't run away. Right. Just talk to them. They are normal human beings. Right. Um, and so and he also say something which I know you are so similar in this sense is that, you know, always positive thinking and uh, treat people with compassion, with love. 
they 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 would know. But if if you 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 come from um a very um like if you're criticizing people of what they do, maybe they would they wouldn't see from from your point of view. But if you approach everything with like positive thinking and also uh, uh, with compassion, hopefully um it will change i i do believe that i mean i i'm sure you believe that as well but um we just need a little bit of extra kindness in our life I think. yes thank you for sharing that that's beautiful lessons for us to remember that we are all common humanity and i actually really agree that compassion is the core of humanity working together in all different religions and that's why I love your example with what you do at the school is that you have the religious um, interfaith, the interreligious religious class where you uh-huh. talk about these common shared values because that's so important. And thank you so much just for sharing everything that you have been sharing to us and to the listeners. It's eye-opening for me, honestly, before I, I met you and talked to you about this topic in this podcast right now and before I didn't really look at diversity as a big problem also because i'm privileged to be in the majority and now i'm opening my eyes that there is actually many things that even i can do and also that's contextual as you said and also what your research said but thank you so much genuinely actually this is something that that exactly what you are doing is something that everyone can do which is starting a conversation and starting thinking and wanting to think about it you know um because as you mentioned um you know sometimes you just don't know it's there because you are you are you are in the privileged uh, position right um and so you've done your part by by doing this as well and reach, reaching out and say can we talk right and i think that's that's basically it it's about bringing in more perspectives right uh, people from different perspectives to to talk about how they feel about their experience as well um and so yeah this is exactly what everyone can do it's an example a very very good example thank you so much i'm very grateful that you are giving your energy and time to share with me and also to everyone so thank you thank you so much thank you very much sam it's my pleasure yeah. Tracy, so before we finish off, I have this little new segment. Um, okay. Good fun. I'm <laughs> it's, it's called the quick fire round question. I okay. the other guest this week. I just started this week, so you're our lucky guest number four. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yes. And um, I've, I've, I had a couple of words, five words to be exact. And mm-hmm. when I say one word at each time you can either say a word or a sentence that resonate most to you but the catch is you have to say it as quickly as you can so it's something that is like really truthful to you but these are words that when I was listening and understanding you as a person this is what I felt really resonated okay (laughs) yes I'm excited but I'm nervous as well Okay. It's, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. I'm just so okay. excited to, to know your answers too. Okay, let's start. The first word, cooking. <laughs> I'm taking too much time in this one. Um, homemade. Good. Great. Yeah, you do a lot of homemade. 
<laughs> I just need to be quicker. Please, I'm aging, right? I'm in this aging population, so I'm blaming my, my age. But okay, I'll do better. No, no, it's great. Thank you. Okay. Second, diversity. Complex. Health. <laughs> this one is difficult. One word. You can do a sentence. Okay. Hit well. That's I'm a foodie, so everyone knows that. <laughs> That's a great reminder. Eating well is something so overrated, you know. People always think it's just exercising, but really eating is also a thing. Okay, thank you. Fourth word. Education. Holistic. The fifth one is compassion. Love. Yay, you did it! Great! (laughs) (laughs) I think... uh... From this, everyone knows, okay, so Tracy's definition of health is eating well, but not exercising. <laughs> because that is exactly, <laughs> it's actually me. I hate exercising. Um, but I, yeah, I love, I, I love it. It's, it's very fun, but it makes me think as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, the point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy, for your time. Would you have anything to say to our listeners as uh, one last thing before we unfortunately have to wrap up this conversation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm still thinking about a lot about your, your last question, which is what can we do like practically, right? Um, so I just perhaps want to kind of hone in and just uh, summarize that. I think the first thing like, like you do, right? Start actively finding out about other people's culture and how they feel right, about positionality, about perspectives, about you know, different feelings, like putting yourself in, different, uh, in other people's shoes. Uh, I think most importantly, it's all about like treat others like you want to be treated, because that's the, the whole basic of it. Um, uh, if you are in the position of majority, recognize your privilege, right? As, like what, what exactly what you do, recognize your privilege and use these to help those marginalized in you know, all aspects. So not only like religion, um, ethnicity, or like socioeconomic, um, and so on and so on. The chance is that, you know, there will be a time you will be in the position of minority. And so you would know how it feels to be ignored or abandoned. So it's going back to that, uh, the, 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 in the very beginning where you asked me, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? I did say that identity is a multifaceted entity. And so everyone can be a majority, but you know, even within in Jakarta, if you go to a certain area, you can be a minority too, right? You know how it feels to be a minor, minority, how uncomfortable it is. So um, I think we both agree that the, the, the takeaway point is compassion, love, and treat others like you want to be treated. So I think that's all. But if you ever, for anyone out there who wants to contribute and to help out as well, right? I mean, please keep um, in touch with me. I am happy to collaborate in any, uh, any uh, shape and form. Um, I'm always welcome, uh, welcoming people to um to 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 bring in different perspectives as well and thank you very much Samara for for this because it it actually some of your questions make me reflect a lot about what can we do right how however small it is so thank you very much for that
Thank you for sharing a powerful message and your experience, your sharings, and also asking people to collaborate because that will bring more diversity and hopefully more impactful things in the future. May I ask, where can people follow you and your work and contact you? Where is the best way to? Uh, um, you can follow my Instagram, even though if you go there, you will know for sure that my passion for food is deep because there's nothing else but the picture of food. Um, uh, if not, then uh, you can reach me actually through my, my email. I don't mind giving you up, uh, giving out my email, which is Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y dot Yani, Y-A-N-I at gmail.com. Because um, I, I, I truly believe this is not, this is because it's a, such a complex issue. This cannot be solved by only one person. And so I, I would truly, truly welcome anyone who wants to do however small, right, in order to make us, however small changes uh, changes within their community or uh, uh, at a more macro level uh, as well to fight these structural injustices and these you know, unequal power relations. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> so much. Thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing. And thank You're you so welcome. much for everyone who has been listening to this podcast up until this point. I hope that you find inspiration in Tracy's words and sharing about her experiences and also what we can do and also trying to incorporate your takeaway points whatever that resonated most to you and the actions that you will do in the following minutes hours or days just keep in mind that you can do things by just shifting your perspective and add more kindness and compassion in your life and that's it from us thank you so much everyone namaste Namaste.